Yeah, and without thinking, I just said, yeah, I'll do it. And I didn't think about how, I just thought about, I'm gonna do it. I didn't think about, could I? It's like, I'm just gonna fucking do it. That was social study owner Harmony Fraga. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. Every week on this podcast, you'll get to know small business owners, bartenders, writers, and San Franciscans from all walks of life as they tell stories, share personal histories, and try to put into words what makes this city so special. In this podcast, part two, Harmony tells the story of opening her business, The Social Study. She dives into the history of the Fillmore neighborhood and the space that The Social Study occupies, and she shares her thoughts on gentrification. We wanted you to know that that's what she said, a women's monthly speaking event that Harmony co-founded and helps run, is celebrating its third anniversary tonight, Thursday, February 6th, at The Social Study. All are welcome, and the party starts at 8 p.m. Here's Harmony. So long story short of that is um, about six or seven years into working there, as with most jobs, after a certain period of time, you're like, ugh, you hit the wall. You're like, I'm done, you know? You need some sort of growth or shift. Almost like a seven-year itch. Exactly, exactly. Like yeah, right? It's, it's so I got definitely had that, and um, Jay and Deanna were opening a, a business in this location. It was supposed to be something totally different, more of like a cafe, um, and I asked if I could help on the project because I was getting bored, and um, they gave me the green light. They said yes. Long story short, very quickly into that project, they said, we can't do this anymore. For various reasons, they were having a baby, they had a lot on their plate, um, we can't do it. But you can buy us out and start something of your own. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't have money to buy you. I mean, I have a little, but I don't have money to, I'm not a business owner, I don't know right. what I'm doing. But quickly, uh, kind of an intuition person, something said, make it happen, do it, just do it. Just and what it. did buying them out mean? Like, was it more than a, just a lease? Like, was it a liquor license? So, buying else? them out so. meant that they had already invested a certain amount into the, into the project. Okay. Um, and um, so, it would be buying out for whatever they had inv- invested so okay. they could get out on it. Right. Um, and then also, yeah, the, the lease was already in their name. There were already a bunch of legal ramifications that I needed to kind of shift gears on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, without Something really... Something you, you hadn't done before. Never done it. Okay. And... Yeah, and without thinking, I just said, yeah, I'll do it. And I didn't think about how. I just thought about, I'm going to do it. I didn't think about, could I? It's like, I'm just going to fucking do it. So it, That's awesome, and it must have felt pretty cool for you to have them make that offer. Yeah, right? it, it was Yeah, it was, it was cool. It was, it was a good feeling, and it felt like it was supposed to happen. So I felt like, oh, I'm just going to let this door open, and I'm going to try to walk through it. Awesome. So um, it, it was a really challenging moment that lasted quite a long time mm-hmm. um, and a lot of sci- a lot of um, monkey wrenches kept getting thrown in that mm-hmm. were what I thought were signs that I shouldn't be doing it mm. like oh money or this license or you can't do this or the lease or all, all the things that were blockades um, to progressing forward mm-hmm. but somehow it always kept, the universe kept telling me like no keep going keep going so anyway it, it um, eventually kind of opened up and um, after probably two years I was able to open it um, with a partner at the time okay um, as the social study okay 
And was the original um, sort of vision that you had, is, how does that match up with what it is? No, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't know what the sh- what the shit I was doing. I'm like, what can I do? Uh, I, I, they had an idea for kind of a cafe, and I thought, okay, well, I'll do something similar because it's easy-ish. Um, but I also want to be more heavy on the bar angle because that's what I my wheelhouse was at the time mm-hmm. so I'm like I really want to push for night their spot was just going to be a day spot okay um and I'm like no no I feel like we can monetize on a day tonight but I let the um, vision of the business unfold and I really it it has been a magical experience because it told me what it needed if if, if that makes sense it does the community and yeah. and the business kind of was like this is what's going to happen. And it has created a model that really works. And conversely, that I plan on using in the future in the East Bay. Um, it really works. Yeah. This day to night, like work spot slash hangout slash turns into something at night is different during the day. It really works. Like an event, would you call it a, a sometimes event space? I, I would. I mean, yeah, we, I mean, we rent it out for events. I use it for my women's monthly night. Um, I intend on using it more for community-driven things, like mm-hmm. the fundraiser like the Aaron fundraiser. is having tonight. Yes. We do plenty of those. Um, but more so, the community needs spaces like this because I think, especially in the Bay Area, we're all working really hard. So we want to, we're kind of groomed to think that we need to continue to work, but we also want to feel like we're playing and that we're giving back to ourselves yeah. and feeling connected to community. Right. So it offers like a variety of, of feelings and um in ways to do that yeah right? and ways to engage in different ways yeah so yeah. do you want to talk a little bit about the Fillmore? um sure is there anything you want to well just um so there's there's like the history that predates all of us right, right. you know we were yeah. born after that but like but just knowing the history then maybe how you got to know the Fillmore and just the changes like i'm just from my own experience, I've yeah. been here 20 years, and I've seen the ch- like it was yeah. already dramatically changed when I got here, but it's even different it's from then now. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely I, speak to that. But I feel like what you're doing is like one of the few examples that I've seen that's to pay respect to it. Yeah, I think absolutely. I think my clear message for that is always has always been from the beginning is to pay respect to the history of the place that you're moving into, the community that you're moving into. When I first moved here over 20 years ago, I moved to the Fillmore District. I didn't know I was going to open a business, you know, 15 years later in the very street that I was walking to work every day on, going to the bus every day on. Um, I knew that I liked the neighborhood, but I knew that it, um, I lived two blocks down, and it was very, like, kind of a dead zone at that time. And um, I know of the history of this area, and I'm very um, aware, and I make sure that my employees are aware of it. I make sure that we respect our community. Um, I make sure that um, I feel that my intention is to create a place of inclusion and to always honor the history. And I don't think a lot of people take the time to do that. I think that people move into communities and they kind of like, here we are, and like, it's like, well, you know what? You have to remember what happened here and that you moving in is also a symbol of maybe moving somebody else out. Mm-hmm. Um, this venue in particular was vacant for a decade when I came here. It served as a little cafe 10 years before 
and a couple businesses. But I know the businesses that existed in the 50s and the 60s, and I know all about that. And in this exact spot. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, more than anything, want to pay respect to what was and what is. Mm -hmm. um, gentrification is an interesting and complex sort of subject, and um, I don't like dodging it because I think that it's really important that business owners really, really kind of address it head on and, and pay respect to what, what existed before them because otherwise you're just a fucking asshole that's coming here, taking over and not really knowing what's going on and not supporting the community, but just shitting on it. So in my opinion, taking, in taking over and taking. Yeah, from, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a way to move into yes. and do it respectfully and yeah. And support and acknowledge, yeah. right? Like, yeah, I don't know. I just say it's a very, very, there's so many layers to this topic, yeah. but yeah. I guess the short of it is that um, I try to create, like, even down to the menu prices. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not, um, not to name names or anything, but there are plenty of other businesses that have moved in, don't even exist anymore, that would have drinks. Mm. I remember buying a shot of Jameson at one of these places for $15. No. And I'm like, who are you selling this to? Right. Right. Who's your audience? Mm -hmm. you, you know what? Like, who can afford that? Oh, people can afford that over the hill and mm -hmm. in the mansions. But who are we trying to cater to here? Right. And I'm not trying to do that. So I try to even be mindful of how I price things. Um, whether it's the music that I'm playing or the events that I'm throwing, that they're mindful of inclusion and respect and um, that's always on the forefront of my mind and will always be whenever I create any business. You mentioned that you know or are aware of some of the businesses that have been in this exact space. Do, can we can you talk about any of those? Um, so one that, I, one that was particularly interesting um, that was told to me by the current um, building owner. Okay. So this is... Um, businesses on the ground floor, four businesses, and then above us are apartments. Um, so this used to be a hotel in the, I think it ranged from like the 50s, 60s to the 80s or 70s, Okay. a hotel, which also sort of served as like a brothel. There right. was like a madam and um, I don't know her name, but the, the venue that we're in right now, which is the social study, did serve as a black officers club for a period of time. Which I thought was really cool, um, and it was private, mm -hmm. so they kind of it was just a private black officers club where they'd have drinks and um, and you know music and um, apparently the windows had like mimicked some sort of like um, like oh, what is it like GI Joe war like oh God. with yeah. sand or something it was like it sounded like a total thing but yeah. it was private and whatever the boys were doing behind closed doors I don't know but. Right. I do know that there's a lot of good uh, spiritual energy here. Mm -hmm. Whoever is still lingering <laughs> wants us to be here and likes us here. It was going to be a cannabis club prior to us opening, okay. which if you go into our bathroom, there are smoky tiles, hence the oh. people that were trying to make it a cannabis club. Right. Didn't take off. Um, I think it was an alteration shop at one point. Mm. But yeah, several incarnations, mm -hmm. even a live space. Actually, somebody lived here as a, huh. as a uh, loft. Area, a lot, yeah, a lot. Yeah, that was the there. the DJ booth was once like a bedroom, and then okay. this was main. Can you imagine? This is like a huge living space. Maybe I'd live here. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> when you said hotel, at first I was thinking maybe, um, like musicians who played the Fillmore. Oh yeah. Because I know that like yeah. they, like 
the one of the histories I've heard is like a lot of the big national and international the, the black stars who would come to town would play the white clubs mm-hmm. and they, but then they couldn't hang out there so they'd mm. come back to this neighborhood yeah. and be put up in houses or in hotels and stuff and, yeah. and play smaller venues in this neighborhood absolutely when we first had a hotel I thought maybe that was, it was going to be that kind of hotel well I mean it, kind it, of it, I think it was honestly Harlem it was considered called Harlem, Harlem, of, Harlem, of, the, Harlem of the West yeah. um, I mean some of the biggest names performed down here all these tiny little bars and clubs as well as the Fillmore which mm-hmm. was a ballroom at the mm-hmm. time I mean that place has some amazing history mm-hmm. it was a roller skating rink they taught dance and like all the cool things so this area in particular lower the lower side of Fillmore okay um, right beyond the wall that you look right outside here which was created as a psychological bear barrier yep. between those who have and those who do not have mm-hmm. is I know that and I, I celebrate that in the sense that no, 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 we're not going to just have cool stuff up there where rich people can enjoy stuff. We're going to actually begin to build life and create life and energy down here. So for me, it's really interesting to be a part of a community that is so magical and rich in history, but a lot of people don't know. And so... I think it's my job to remind people that, hey, there's some cool stuff going on here and we're going to be a part of bringing that back. Um, yeah, I think that's part of our intention and our goal. And that's why we're here. But we still have a lot of work to do. <laughs> yeah, it's, an, it's a work in progress. I think you're doing a great job, but that's that's just my opinion. Well, well oddly <laughs> enough, we're a very, like, we're a known place at this point. We struggle to get to become this way, but we're very hidden even though we're on a main drag. Right. People will be here. They'll say, I never saw you. I live a block away, hmm. and I've lived here for 20 years, and I've never seen you. Hmm. So that works for and against us. Yeah. Like, I like that, that we're kind of still this special little nook. But I also am like, wow, you don't know. We've been here forever. Right? So it's... Both good and bad. Any exciting things in the near future for you or or for social study? My plan is to open another social study in Oakland. And I keep saying that. I want to speak into manifestation with clarity and intent because the more I say it, the more it will happen. It has simply been a a matter of time and, um, yeah, time at this point. I recently had a daughter two years ago, so I'm juggling many balls, but I really want to open one in Oakland, Social Study East, mm-hmm. and um, I really want to uh, refine this one and mm-hmm. take it up a couple notches in terms of uh, aesthetic and and certain, as we talked before, in terms of using it as an event space. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want to make it a little rounder and elevate it in a few different ways okay. to serve the community and beyond. We didn't talk about that's what she said. What we're doing is evolving every year. Sure. We have you know a new kind of set of goals and um right now i will say that it is yes it's another sort of it's a creative um creative endeavor for me that i it's also an opportunity to give back to the community Mm -hmm. which i think is really important Mm -hmm. so our focus being women or anyone who identifies as a woman Mm -hmm. um it's been a really special and amazing project that you know allows me to work with aaron and a bunch of amazing women morgan um and um, I will say that I think it's a great opportunity to use, it's been the first opportunity to use the social study as a space consistently for right. an event that gives back to the community. Um, I'm still very interested in you know, uplifting women and showcasing amazing women, telling their stories, um, giving to charity. Um, and yeah, right now we're still doing the same thing, monthly event here at the social study. 
time to focus and bring projects into fruition. I'm very excited, and I think that one of my um, callings is to create spaces, primarily in San Francisco and Oakland, that continue to honor community, because we are really lacking it. And I look at storefront after storefront that's empty. I look at the people moving in and the prices and, I mean, all of it. The lack, the lacking of soul in certain places, The I, it makes me sad, but I just want everyone to know that I'm going to continue to fight to create and make spaces that keep us, you know, feeling warm and good and connected. That was Harmony Frogger. Join us next week when we'll hear from political science professor and author Lincoln Mitchell. Music for Story San Francisco is by Otis McDonald. Film photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. The show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Hunt. You can find us online at storiedsf.com, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and subscribe to the show on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. If that's Apple Podcasts or iTunes, please do us a favor and rate and review what we do. And if you have any feedback for us or you just want to say hi, our email is storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>